Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Oh, Andy's phone's going, Andy. Can, uh, you got someone to answer It's the that? front door, don't worry. No, oh, it's the front door. That's all good. Yeah. That's no problem. That's the joys of broadcasting from home. I'm expecting no the problem dog, at all. dog's going to come crashing in in a minute and want to be taken <laughs> for a walk. But anyway, uh, Simon, uh, not Simon Day, Billy Bleach, the uh, pub <laughs> philosopher, uh, joined us. <laughs> By no means anything to do with the comedian Simon Day. And he talked us through life in lockdown. Um, we also had a chat with Adam Richmond, didn't we, Andy? The man versus food did. presenter. Lovely bloke. Yeah, he was on good form. Lovely bloke. Uh, Moose did his quiz, which was fun. Uh, we heard from Stryker, which is getting very exciting now. Uh, the Clips jukebox so, uh, and Mike Ward. So plenty there, I think, to get your teeth Certainly into. Certainly is. Certainly a get stuck into. So here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Yes, 837 unbroken You don't look a day over 836. <laughs> it's incredible. Honestly, what a session. 45 minutes of near things. We've got a, six, a 701. We were chasing uh, 763, and uh, it just was getting frustrating. It came to the, We both go, oh, I'll make this the last rally of the day. And we just... Absolutely that's often exhausted. the way in top level sport isn't it <laughs> just one more go and that's when you break the record what was the previous record before 837 763 wow so you I mean you smashed it so in a sense that often if you're it. playing like that if you just beat it that's when you're at your most vulnerable isn't it when you're trying to break a record but yeah, you yeah. obviously put another what sort of 80 on or something yeah, yeah which is not good really because it just makes it very very hard next time so we're having a day off today because uh, we need to get hungry again before just we a, just challenge. a regroup <laughs> just a regroup the video and, uh, is brilliant yeah. you sped up the whole thing it lasts 43 seconds and it ends in an embrace between you and sue your wife and i said it needs it needs silent mu- movie music on it because it, it just it's a it's a beautiful thing yeah, there so, is music on it but it's just a sort of quick music i got from the phone uh, anyway um good that's 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 by the by congratulations to uh, captain tom once again sir tom yeah he's uh, he's now in line to do the john lewis christmas ad which is it's incredible isn't it he's obviously going to be doing uh, switching on the lights he's going to yeah. present bake off and i think he's filling in for the queen on the queen's speech but not only that not only him today there's a letter to the star said he may be too old now however however i'm sure colonel tom moore's daughter hannah 
would relish the chance to go on the likes of Strictly or I'm a Celebrity. <laughs> She's almost as famous as her dad. This is getting out of hand. I mean, yeah. it's fantastic, but I don't know. Anyway, good good for them. So they might as well make hay while the sun shines. Yeah. Um, do you well, want I, mean, I don't think he's pocketing the cash. I don't think he's got a showbiz agent. I think you'll find most of the money <laughs> he, he makes from all the things he go, does is, he is going back NHS. into the original pot for some the NHS. It, some of it should go to him. <laughs> great if he got a we cup, wouldn't be we wouldn't begrudge him. no but we wouldn't begrudge him a couple of personal no. appearances and a few quid for everything he's done i certainly wouldn't no, i would splash him all over no, the no, front page of a tabloid and call him names would you no I'd, I'd be delighted if he if he got that anyway did you know this is the fact of the day from the daily star obviously my main source of info at the moment yes snooker was named when the game's inventor sir neville uh, fitzgerald chamberlain called the how who missed the shot a real snooker I don't know yeah. Sir Neville Chamberlain invented... In this hand, I have a wooden stick I'm calling a Q. Yeah. <laughs> it's not him, was it? It was a different no, one. No, it's a different one. Can't it's uh, the Fitzgerald through us. Really yeah. Oh, Andy, I've got news here from uh, Dan oh, Walker yeah. of the BBC. Made uh, a hurried apology to Gavin and Stacey star Alison Stedman yesterday after calling her oh, yeah. Angela on air. I mean, really, that's, that's nothing compared <laughs> that's to some nothing. of the stunts you get up to. You called David Nielsen from Corrie, uh, Roy, yesterday, his character, Roy Cropper. And uh, what was the one last week? We had another one. Oh, yeah, it was uh, uh, Tony Beckton, the Tony criminal. Uh, you called Dave. him Dave for some reason, which you know, was Dyson <laughs> no with idea. death, knowing Tony. Hopeless, So, isn't Dan, it? you're off the and hook, mate. <laughs> you are. Here's another great letter today to the Daily Star. It says, who are Donald Trump's advisors? Gemma, Gemma Collins and Danny Dyer. I love the idea of Gemma Collins being Donald Trump's advisors. You say to him, yeah. you can't call yourself the DT. Well, I, I did watch his uh, press <laughs> briefing from his new person in charge, and it might as well be Gemma Collins, to be honest. It <laughs> really? would make probably as much sense in that forum. <laughs> oh, oh, dear no. me, it was depressing. But anyway, not my oh, problem. Oh, no, that's... That's not good, really. Mm. Another picture of Rita Ora uh, from her social media. I've actually now nominated her Instagram for a Pulitzer Prize because that's all you need to do if you're in, in, in journalism. Just go to Rita's page, find a nice picture that she's deliberately put up there. Today's was pretty provocative. And you, got half, you got yourself half a page of a newspaper without anything. Yeah. She even provides the captions. It's sensational. Well, I do wonder but where still, those, sort of, those pages sort of 4 to 25 of the tabloids would be without Amanda Holden. Or, or Rita. Amanda's in there every day, you know, sort of gardening in an evening dress or, yeah, I know. you know, grouting in a wedding dress. I mean, it's, it's every day. I mean, it's obviously uh, Britain's Got Talent's press one, yeah. office uh, are, yeah, are yeah. doing that and planting this stuff. And people are, uh, people are lo- well, people are loving it. I mean, they're making the papers. People are loving <laughs> it. I'm sure they are. Uh, Andy, you see those um, pictures of oh, finally, just for me, yeah. a picture of Jose Mourinho uh, cycling uh, to training yesterday. Well, and I don't think is, I think that's what? a bit. You know, we won't give away the exact location because that has been a, a, a source of some conjecture. If you were listening to Simon Jordan quite rightly, but. Um, Deli Alley doesn't cycle the Spurs training ground. I don't think the. I think you'll find he cycles around the grounds of the Spurs training ground. Which yes, is quite he's a cycling cycle. around. He the, doesn't cycle yeah. from where he lives to the training ground because that's about <laughs> no. probably about no, half I'm, hour on a bike. And I'd say, from an insurance point of view, that's not a massively good idea from Tottenham's <laughs> point of view. They've obviously got like club bikes that are there from different buildings. Because oh, yeah. I, I went there to interview. Poch and it's a massive site. It's it's pretty amazing place. It so is. Yes, I think they cycle incredible. around it, Andy. I don't think. I don't think. Again, Jose lives in Chelsea. He's not going to go cycling yeah. through the West End after training, is he? I, I don't know if he's not been able to access any sort of you know just for men any sort of hair dye. But he's, he's looking 
so yeah. white his hair. He, he looks older than Captain Tom Moore. I don't know what's happened there. <laughs> He's going a bit Ben Gunn, isn't he? He's got a big mad <laughs> yes. mop of grey hair. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. plenty to come this afternoon for you. A varied, a bit of a... Uh, a lucky bag, as we used to say in the kids. A jamboree bag. Uh, remember them, Andy? The jamboree bag? A few sweets yeah, and a couple yeah. of toys. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. They were great, yes. Well, bring back the jam- hashtag bring back the jamboree bag. And they had pictures of scouts on. They don't have pictures of scouts on. It was just a bag, kids. You opened it. And it was like a lucky bag. You opened it. Oh, a little toy. It was exciting. You oh, it was. You never knew what them. was in it. It was uh, marvellous. Mm-hmm. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. When the pub is your domain, of course, and you're someone who spends a fair bit of time in your local, mm. and the pubs are closed, I imagine, Andy, that is quite difficult, isn't it, when you're known as a bit oh, of a pub philosopher, yeah, sure. regular, probably got your own tankard. It must be so difficult, I, I would imagine. Uh, and that is very much the situation facing our next guest, uh, the man you often turn to for a bit of homespun philosophy, uh, for a little bit of guidance when you're in your local. He is, of course, uh, a pub philosopher. Uh, Billy Bleach. Good afternoon, Billy. All right, lads. Yeah, we're not too bad. You can reel that one back, tankers. I ain't got a tankers. <laughs> I ain't one in camera lot. <laughs> the, people appeared the people with keys on the front of their trousers. You know them people? They've got yeah. about 12 keys on the front of the trousers. Yeah, it's a the good real look. Mob. They've, ruined, you know, they've ruined the brewing industry, they have. Really? Well, yeah, I mean, the beer, you know, beer's not meant to be, it's not meant to be something, it's not meant to be like wine, is it? It's meant to be fairly tasteless, <laughs> quite a lot of chemicals, and produce <laughs> a unique sort of euphoria, which then... <laughs> Juices of a terrible hangover. <laughs> so you've never been tempted to have that pewter tankard hanging on a hook at a bar so you can go in and say uh, the usual, please, Rita, and she unhooks your tankard. No, I can't have it. I won't. I won't go in them pubs. It's like them other pubs you go in. You try and have a, have a pint, you know, or a vodka, vodka tomato juice with, with, with your mum or whatever, and then they people come in there with push chairs. They start asking for creme fraiche. <laughs> Lattes and all that in a pub. Yeah, they've got kids in there. They're trying to push you out the way. You've got the kids there. They say they're trying to read a chalk menu in there. I'm like, get come, we get out of here. <laughs> so yeah, have you... I've been, I've been, I'm sorry if hmm. I appear a bit, appear a bit crotchety, but yeah, I, I, I'm missing the pub a great deal. You know. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean, what is sorry. it about? What is it about? Why is the pub your sort of? It's like where you do your TED talks, really. The equivalent of it's where you come to life, <laughs> isn't it? Really, in in the local pub. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I suppose that, that is my role. I, I've taken that role on. I've had chances in my life to move on, get jobs. You know, I applied for a job in 1974. I didn't get it. I thought, you know, I'll, I'll give up. Relationships. <laughs> women have come into my life and say, you know. You've got to move away from this pub thing. I had my last girlfriend I split up with, she wanted me to become middle class. You know, dinner parties and all that. I love dinner. I love parties. It's not at the same time. <laughs> all that, you know, and, and it's just not me. It's compromise, isn't it? And, yeah, um, it's true. Yeah, it's difficult. People don't really understand. And pubs are dying out. They're, they're dying five a week, I read, before this, this all kicked off. Wow. Even worse. That's I mean, bad. except your local can survive. What is it about your local that... Uh, that you love, so I mean, I, the fruit machine, I take it, is a is quite key to uh, to your your life in the pub. It's old school, my pub. Yeah, it's just actually in the estate. It's in Love and they've managed to because it's such a foul area. Yeah. They've managed to keep all the vegan shoe shops out of there and all that. And um, <laughs> has it got know, a flat roof, Billy? Well. Flat roof? What? Flat roof? Has it got? 
You got a flat roof, yeah, yeah. We were on that one on Twitter the other day about the flat roof pubs. Flat yeah. roof, uh, it's got a couple of throat machines, but they've become too complicated for even me now. That's the problem. I'm getting old now. I'm like one of the old ladies. I used to help the old ladies. They wouldn't know what was going on just with a nudge because the nudge it would start nudging and they'd have a fit, you know. That, but now. I don't know what's happening. You know, exchange this for that. And I'm doing my own work. I'm slipping. <laughs> what about the uh, pub quiz machine? Because I'd imagine you could get offering advice to people who are having a go at that. Yeah, I do still do that. I mean, that's where largely where most of my knowledge come from. I left school at 15. You know, <laughs> uh, um, I do read a lot. I, I, I read a lot of non-fiction books. I watch a lot of documentaries. Mm. Um, I've got a little son now. I just thought I'd tell you this. You probably don't know this, but I've oh. actually got a son now. He's 10 years old, Kendrick. Wow, um, Kendrick, yeah. Nice. And he normally, he has, I have him at, at weekends and she has him during the week. We've put with uh, me and my partner, sadly, and uh, yeah. we would normally be playing football now. Or, but of course, that, that's all gone. Kids yeah. football too. Um, and like, he's not bad. Attacking midfielder, he, he, he don't really understand, a lot of, you know, a lot of it. But he's not a bad player. But, you know, I stand on the sideline and shout out 70s, um, you know, a 70s encouragement to him, you know, that he doesn't really understand. You know, give and go in the old one-two, time, time. <laughs> they don't know what you're talking about. I know this because one week I shouted out... Uh, um, I shouted out uh, ELP albums at him. Carcass, <laughs> brain salad surgery, and it had the same effect. Nothing. So, you know what I mean? You know they're not listening. <laughs> Lovely. True. So I'd love to have seen that. It's fantastic. Nobody yes. recorded it. Have, have you been, been able to? Have you been able to kind of help people out? I take it when you do your shopping now, the sort of things you'd be doing in the pub, sort of giving a helping hand to people and the benefit of your experience. You've been doing that in the supermarket at all? Have you had the chance or? I've done a bit of that. I've been arranging the queues and all that because some yeah. people leave too much of a gap. But I find one thing upsets me is the, is the mask and the fact that people are unfriendly with it. They sort of rear away from you, don't they, when you're yeah. in the park or whatever, and you can still smile. The whole country's going through a terrible time. Mm. You know, during the Blitz, everyone was down in the shelters. They were all on the booze down there in a fag, you know, having a kiss and a struggle. And, you know... <laughs> We're, we're ten foot apart from people and sort of giving each other dirty looks. I mean, it's terrible, really. You know, and all this from a Chinese duck. Well, yeah. So, it's, uh, so, so they say. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, but the fear. I mean, I just wonder if you know much about. Yeah, no. Well, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, I bow to Billy's knowledge of, of what happened in Wuhan. The um, but what of the virus? What have what have you made of it? As somebody watches a lot of I've documentaries. Got two, I've got two theories. One of them oh, yeah. is much too dark for a family show. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> the, other, the other one that involves world leaders getting together. Uh, the other one, I just think, is these wet markets, isn't it? And, and they're in China, which is subtropical. It rains and all the food gets mixed up, you know, and then it all oh. goes down in the drain. You've got a bit of fish oil, you've got a bit of meat, and it all, it's these super viruses are breeding, aren't they? But no one really believed this could possibly happen. No. Uh, they're all having a go at Boris and all that, but I mean, I don't know anyone who could really have dealt with with this any other way, really, apart from the Germans who, who do okay. what they're told, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose that is a, yeah. a way apart of Apart from them, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a yeah, wonderful head. They shoot out of the, of the coronavirus, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've, done it, they've done it to us again, of course they have, yeah. The, um, you've got a fine head of curly blonde hair, Billy, so I just wondered. 
Uh, is it? It must be full Leo Sayer now. It must be huge. Or, or have you trimmed it? Or what's gone on? It's, got, it's a bit. It's going a bit Mary Wilson. It's going a bit beehive. <laughs> but, um, I am, you know, I get a lot of jealous looks from bald people now with this hair. But I, I've yeah. still got it. Occasionally it wakes up. I wake up. I look a bit like a German porn star. But generally, <laughs> I keep it. Right. Did you see the? Should I just say? Did you see the football yesterday? The England Holland game. They they showed the whole game. Yeah, we're going to be yeah, chatting about, about it about later. It. Was it good to watch it back? Oh, I mean, that's well. I remember I watched that. I was completely horizontal when I watched it, but <laughs> that was probably our best performance. Only problem you got Kevin Keegan talking nonsense, commentating. But <laughs> there you go. You can't have it all. Good player. Not much. Not much up top. No, indeed. And so, generally, generally, you've uh, we'll pass it on to him. Generally, you've you've yeah. coped all right. You've coped all right in lockdown. And Billy, you're, you're sort of uh, mentally, you're feeling you're feeling strong. I do, yeah. You know, I do a bit of meditation. I, I talk nice. to people. I ring a friend. You know, um, I rang the phone a friend the other night. I was playing the old uh, "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire" game on my phone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but a bit of golf clash. I play that. Um, my son Kendrick. He mm-hmm. loves the violent games all oh, okay. night, and I've said, no, we're not having any more of that on, 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 the, on the, the Wii U and all that, whatever it's called. <laughs> so we play educational games, me and him, nice. and I, we might play a game like Hangman. You know, yeah. not, the, not the letter game. This is where you're actually Albert Pierpoint. You play. Oh, okay. I've not seen. I've not. I've not seen that. I've not seen that game. Yeah, good for his maths. He's got to get the drop just right and the sandbag and the trapdoor. Yeah. If you get it wrong, it all goes wrong. But we've never hung a woman. No. Well, 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 well that's that is, that is great. <laughs> that is great, there, Billy. And you should be. You should be proud of yourself. So, yeah, much well, so. look, it's it's a it's a great a great pleasure to talk to you again. Um, yes. And, uh, Look after yourself, and look, we hope to see. I mean, any idea when the you know you open us? They're sort of talking about July the fourth for the pubs open again. Oh, they said July the fourth. Why that date? I don't know. I just think I'd, maybe I pulled out a thin air. I seem to think it's the, sometimes the start of July. They're talking maybe we'll all have to social distance. You know, you have to be a couple of yeah, meters away yeah. if you at the bar and stuff. But uh, you won't be able to stand over anybody's shoulder on the fruit machine. No, uh, yeah, helping them. Yeah, yeah. yeah arms around each other. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be we, okay in the long run. It'll be all right in the end. Well, that's good. I, I, feel, end is. Oh, that's I feel positive. Yeah. I feel more. What a great positive way to end, Billy. A, gr- a great pleasure. We'll we will catch up with you soon. All the best. All right, thanks, Jack. Look after yourselves. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Good afternoon, Paul Hawksby, Andy Jacobs here on Talk Sports, and uh, we bring you golden years now every week. The Moose uh, he looks through his 25,000-plus uh, match programmes and digs a couple out, and we have to try and guess the year based on his uh, devilish clues. Yeah, we're going to start with, well, it says here, the official programme, the RAM. The official newspaper stroke program of Derby County Football Club. Right. And it costs 15 pence. And it Ooh. is actually a newspaper, mm. but it's the program. So oh. in terms of at the, t- at the time, you go to a ground, maybe Spurs or Chelsea or Arsenal, what have you, and you buy a little booklet type program. At places like Derby, and actually I've got one from Preston North End at a similar time, They actually it was actually a newspaper, but oh. it's the official program. If I, if I open it up, it goes on about the, the record of Kevin Hector. And if I turn to the second page, it says Toddy hits 300 target for the Rams. Um, and it says here, he's missed only eight games since he signed for us. Colin Todd made his 300th appearance for Derby in their away fixture at Main Road last Saturday. 
this is the key bit and may give away a clue to when we're talking about. Mm-hmm. He is the sixth member of the current staff to reach that figure. So six players on the books at Derby at that time all played 300 games or more. You don't get that these days. You don't get six players at one club who no. have hit 300 Jeez, games. definitely, um, yeah. <laughs> which is which is quite incredible. It was just before Christmas, uh, so there were lots of little Christmas uh, adverts in in the in this uh, program stroke paper. Uh, one of them says Santa specials, discount prices on a Christmas food, best Brussels sprouts, twenty four pence a pound, turkeys fifty pence a pound. Beautiful. Uh, ice ice cream loaves a pound. Well, you know, ice cream is still a pound in my local supermarket, so some prices <laughs> haven't changed. Um, among the players in the team. Uh, as I mentioned, for Derby, they had obviously the likes of Colin Todd, Roy McFarlane, Archie Gemmell, Charlie George, uh, Leighton James. West Ham's team had the likes of, uh, well, Billy Bonds, obviously, Frank Lampard, um, Trevor Brooking, Brian mm-hmm. Robson, Anton Otolakowski. Oh, well, so have yeah. have you got wow. an idea? Anton Otolakowski. Have you got an idea? I have, or, have yeah. You, four, you have, right. I, Andy, have I've you got an idea? I've got a, I've got a rough yeah, idea. Yeah, I'm not convinced, though. Yeah. I'm, here's I'm your thinking, musical. Okay. You're going you're gonna to hear the music. Here's your musical clue. You'll love this. Yeah. No. Played the wrong one. Yeah, I was going to say that that, <laughs> that wasn't the year I was thinking. Is that the wrong one? No, what song one, did you yes. want then? Is he wanted another oh. song? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow, I wouldn't know what year that was. Yeah, we interviewed one of the Wurzels, didn't we, Paul? Well, I think we did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we certainly did. The hard-hitting <laughs> sports news agenda of this show, of course. <laughs> I'm going 1976. Uh, I would go a bit... Uh, 77 or 78. I'll go 77, Moose. OK, the game between Derby and West Ham took place on Saturday, December the 11th at 3 o'clock. 1976. Oh, and well done. Good work. Top work. Well done. Spot on. Top work. Okay, so let's pretend we haven't heard Lucky the musical clue for the second one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uptown Girl. Yeah, we'll we, we forget that, though. We, we'll we'll strike that yeah, from our memories. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, I went through, I've not only got programs, I've also got magazines. And I went through. I bet you have. Football, football. <laughs> Do you keep them under the bed? In a box? I, when I was a kid. With a, with yeah, a lock I'm, on it. These were the ones that I kept on oh, yeah. the bed when right, I was okay. a kid. Yeah, the vintage stuff. Um, so, Football Monthly. And the one I've chosen is, I, I, I'm going to blow my own trumpet here. Oh, yeah? Inside on page three, prize goal, volume, volume 10, number one, answers. And it gives the four answers. It said the winners, Simon Owens of Bootle in Merseyside, Colin Moore of Shaw's Bridge in Belfast, and wait for it, Ian Abrahams, Ooh. Edgeware in Middlesex. Brilliant. I won the Oh, wow. Well done. That's incredible. And so, uh, <laughs> that's good. I, 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 go on. Um, it's, no, no, it's, that's it's great. Got some, some decent, it's got some decent interviews. It's got a, a, a looking back on the progress of British clubs in Europe. So Liverpool obviously were in the Champions League at the time with Dundee United. Um, in the Cup Winners' Cup, Manchester United Rangers, uh, they were in, involved in that. I'm not going to tell you who was in the UEFA Cup because it might just give it away a bit more. Uh, okay. Articles about, uh, articles about Bruce Grobelaar. Um, at, um, at Liverpool at the time. There's a, a focus on Peter with, and the two teams that are being featured are Portsmouth and obviously Spurs, because on the front cover was uh, Glenn Hodlin's kit. And also in the team picture is a certain Alan Brazil. So here's Ooh. your musical clue. Ooh. Okay. <clears throat> <clears throat> 
Okay. Um, now, the fact you wouldn't say our, one of the teams was doing in the UEFA Cup, obviously, it was a bit of an alarm bell for me. So I'm guessing it was the year or around the time that, that Tottenham, Tottenham won it in 84. So I'm going to go... I'll go... I'm, let's have a punt and say it was maybe a bit early. Let's go 83, 1983. Andy, what do you think? I had 1985 written down. It might be a bit late. OK, well, this, this Football Monthly came out, obviously, for the month of December 1983. And the, the, uh, the bit... You're right, you're right, Paul. So the bit, the bit in the program was looking back on your UEFA oh, Cup course, second yeah, round, yeah. your UEFA Cup second round win over Feyenoord, four two at home and yeah. two nil away. Uh, Forest, Watford, Villa, and Celtic were the other clubs from Britain involved at that time in the UEFA Cup. So, so one apiece today. Yeah, not too Brilliant. bad. Well, I hope you played Good. along well at home, together. folks, and, uh, and 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 had a bit of a guess yourselves. Hope you did okay. And we'll do it all again next week, Ian. Good to talk to you. Um, enjoyed your cricket in the garden, by the way. We've been watching the. Watching you in action, you're definitely out. Um, there's a, there's that LBW have... is definitely. Oh, I definitely. Look at oh, it yeah. again. Then. Definitely out. Plum. Yeah, I, I got ball tracker on it. <laughs> <laughs> he was going down next side. No, 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 no. no, no. That was going to turn back in. You could see. <laughs> definitely, that was coming. That was coming back in. So. Okay, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks very much. See you next week. Take care. There we are. Ian Abraham's there. You can. He's doing a lot of sport. I say sport uh, in the garden, and uh, yeah, he's uh, trying to perfect his his forward defensive. And it needs a bit of work, I think, doesn't it? Really. Yes. No. I think he's. I, I've played cricket with Ian. It's a, yeah. l- too long a story for the time we've got now, but I will do it at some point. One of the worst experiences I've ever had on a cricket field. To be really honest, <laughs> oh, we got time. You can tell us, Andy. What did he do? Oh, have we? Yes, basically, he nagged me to play. This is when we, my son had a team, and I used yeah. to play for them. And it was quite competitive, and it was fun. But he said, "Oh, let me play. Let me play." We were playing in Mill Hill, it was near where he lives, mm. and uh, he nagged me and nagged me. I said, "All right, okay, you can play." So we picked him, and mm. I said, "What do you do?" He said, "Well, I went to school with Angus Fraser. I think he did actually." And yeah. He said, "I can bowl. I can bat. Do it. Do it all." Going to school oh, with someone who's good at a sport doesn't mean you're good at <laughs> good at the sport, does it? Really? It's very true, doesn't it? And uh, means they anyway, were, and you weren't probably. <laughs> I was captaining and we won the toss, put the other team in. And for the whole time, because we had to go through our normal bowlers, Moose yeah. was saying to me, let me bowl, let me bowl, let me bowl. You know, it's like, I'll have a bowl, I'll have a bowl. Comes on absolutely hopeless. You know, right? <laughs> he said, well, I'm a bit rusty. Okay, fair enough. He said, I'm more of a batsman. Of course you are. More of yeah. a batsman. So he said, I said, where do you want to bat? He said, four. That's the sort of position. You know, quite Beautiful. high up in the order. Anyway, he comes in. <clears throat> I can't remember. I think he got out first ball or something like that. Not like, yeah. And then basically he went home. That was it. I said, where are you going? He said, well, I'm out now. That's it. I'm going. I said, what about the... We're still in the middle of the match. This is quite an exciting game. You're t- it's a team game. You're a team. Yeah. He went, no, no, that's it. I'm off. And that's it. We never saw him again. <laughs> oh, you said, we no, I in, <laughs> no <laughs> I in team. No I in team. Fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, we are. Pretty. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. We'll have the uh, clips of the week, uh, Wheel of Fortune shortly. We're going to bring you Stryker first today, in fact. And uh, this is the story of uh, Steve Barnes. He's the manager of Lettersford Town. He's the hero in uh, Steve Bruce, that's right, the Newcastle manager's book called Striker, which he wrote in the late 90s. And uh, it's always very, very interesting at the moment. He just had a, he had a real punch-up uh, in the last edition uh, we uh, listened to. Then he went into a club where all sorts of uh, nefarious things go on and he was chatting to the club owner. So uh, uh, he believes, of course, Steve, that uh, there's other illegal activity going on apart from gambling in the building. He's my centre-forward play. Jimmy Lawson. He plays roulette. He has other interests too. Like what? One doesn't like to say. One had better say very quickly, or one will find that one's office has been wrecked. The thought entered my mind that perhaps my centre-forward, my number nine, my erstwhile striker, might not be a ladies' man either, but I dismissed the thought as quickly as it came into my head. I stood up. I reached over and lifted Corston bodily across the desk. You're not going to beat me up, are you? I would. If it wasn't for the fact you'd probably enjoy it, I said. I grabbed his arm and rolled up his short sleeve. There were blue marks and bruises. Drugs! Is that Jimmy's bag as well? He nodded his head abjectly. Come here often, does he? Often enough, Corston answered. So why the attack from your goons? I asked. Gangs from out of town, they want to take over the club. Shall I call for Jimmy? Corston asked. I shook my head. Whatever it was he was doing was at this time no business of mine. I had problems of my own. In any case, I'd be calling Jimmy Lawson into my office. Drugs would be a topic of discussion. More to the point, I would need to know why he felt he had to carry a knife. Pat Duffy had been stabbed to death. Pat knew and probably trusted Jimmy. For all I knew, at the fateful time, early in the morning of the previous day, Jimmy was at the club. Jimmy had the opportunity. He had the motive. Pat Duffy only needed more experience before he would take Jimmy's place as my first striker. And he had the means too. The knife he kept in his sheath against his leg. Opportunity, motive, means. The deck was stacked against Jimmy Lawson. He more than Eddie Carberry, 
was, to my mind, suspect number one. What about that? I thought Steve was suspect number one. Well, he's been charged <laughs> with it, but uh, we all know he didn't. Well, we don't know he didn't do it. I mean, it would be out of a twist know, if he really. did, wouldn't it? At the end. <laughs> yes, it was me. If he did. I did it at the end. <laughs> so I doubt if that's going to be the case. We much have done it. We know who did it. But I think Steve yeah. obviously read a lot of this kind of Pulp Fiction-y stuff, these kind of detective books, <laughs> and felt he had one in him, didn't he? Well, he had three in him, actually. As he it had three out. in him. He did. He had three books, yeah. Um, and uh, we, we'll soon be looking for book two if this lockdown oh, yeah. keeps going. It cost a fortune. You have to sell your car to uh, to buy book two. <laughs> anyway, we'll bring you more from Strike. Brilliantly brought to life by Ian Danter. Uh, and uh, there'll be more tomorrow. So let's bring you the uh, clips of the week. Um, wheel of Fortune. We'll spin the wheel once again. It could land anywhere. And we'll bring you a waltz and all. Uh, clips of the week from that Friday. They may be good. They may be bad. Let's hope they're good, eh? Let's spin the wheel. <laughs> Very so similar to yesterday's spin, I thought. Uh, very similar. It's a very similar sort of length, but <laughs> thankfully it's landed on... We change the dates every day, of course. It's landed on October the 14th, 2011. So here they are, the clips as they appeared, oh, not good. at all edited or altered as they were that day, warts and all. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. It's time for the Clips of the Week. And, Andy, where should we kick off? Well, let's begin with the moose on the new Olympic Stadium. Well, the running track would, would remain. Well, the thing is, it then stays a blue elephant, doesn't it? Blue, sure, the claret blue elephant. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a restaurant in Fulham. It is. Don't That's worry right, about yeah. It. It's a complete nice. blue elephant. <laughs> um, this is Alan Brazil with former FA bigwig David Davis. And, Al, mate, really, there is no need to apologise. David, okay. just one last one. Sorry, I just, I'm intrigued. Sorry. Oh, please, sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry. How was your job? Ask the question. (laughs) What's that old saying? What happens on tour stays on tour? I think that's it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Goffey will know. Goffey will know. So I always believed, being the player I am and the way I played, I always believe what I say. What goes away um, stays there. Oh, that's oh, yeah, it. That's what goes it, away yeah. stays there. Yeah, I knew it was one, something yeah. like that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this is uh, Notts County manager Martin Allen uh, on uh, with Sam Matterface during the week. And for such a positive person, he can be double negative. I don't not talk to them if we don't play well. I don't not talk to them if they don't play well. <laughs> double negative. Can't it was really. Yeah. Uh, Jason Candy here now on uh, Scotland manager Craig Levine's tactics. And Jay does set very high standards. That's one of the first things that they say now, playing away without a, a recognised striker in a game that if they won, or maybe you'd done even better. Even better than even winning. Better than winning. Think, I I they're playing Spain, Joe, for goodness <laughs> sake. How does that happen? Now, this is Alan again, going through the papers with the Guardian's uh, Matt Scott. What do you make of this story here? Um, I've not read it all, to be honest. Um, can, can only read so many before he go on. Yeah. yeah, if you get in five minutes before the show, that's yeah. what happens. I mean, five to six, that does have a slight bearing on it, really. Honestly, I mean, yesterday, I was sitting, I got in early, and I was sitting, and you know how much prep I do, and yeah. Alan came out, and he absolutely slaughtered me. If you do this against me, you've got no memory, and this, that, and the other. I thought, I've got you, because I know I've got this. Clip. He is right, though. You have got no memory. <laughs> well, that's true. And he was sitting there smug, knowing he had that in the bank. Five to six, by the way. Morning. <laughs> so, uh, this is Mark Saggers, live from New Zealand, with a competition. That's, uh... See who is up and awake for England. Oh, 
I'm up for England. Uh, top stuff, who am I talking to on Talk Sport this morning? Graham from Brian. Newmarket. Brian from Newmarket. Lovely to talk to you, Brian, in Newmarket. I know Newmarket Graham. very well, Graham. of course. Graham. Graham. Graham, sorry, sorry, Brian. Sorry, Graham. <laughs> is, it, is it Graham? Is it Brian? I have no idea. No idea at all. But, you know, he's from New Zealand. Give him a break. That's fair enough, isn't it? Here's one of our guests from yesterday, Olympic knitter Carol Meldrum. We reckon she's a mate of Gylos. Yeah. The person behind uh, Knit Olympics is uh, Carol Meldrum. She joins us now. Good afternoon, Carol. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, how are you doing? Yeah. I mean, she's nicked his catchphrase. <laughs> yes. I think he should be claiming money off of that one. <laughs> now, this is the former Scotland manager, George Burley, looking back on the Spain game and accentuating the positive. Former Scotland manager, Georgie Burley, spoke to Top Sport. It's one of those things, you've got to look at the positive. We weren't good enough on the night. We maybe gave ourselves too much to do. The breaks and decisions didn't go for us in a number of games. Yeah, don't mess with Mr. <laughs> In-Between. We weren't good enough. We had a bad ref. There we are. I hate to see the negatives. Yeah. And now it's back to the moose, talking England cricket. It's it's a nonsense. Yeah. Absolute nonsense. You know, the England cricket team have, have, have pulled themselves up by their their, uh, their, their coattails. Yeah, no bootstraps, obviously. Yeah, no yeah. bootstraps available. Coattails, so that was about 1750 <laughs> to wear yeah. those coats. When you're in difficulties, <laughs> just uh, go with the older coattails. Uh, this is more from Alan. Uh, looking ahead to the rugby. Uh, Paul, let's get, well, we've got to do the rugby, we've got two massive semis coming up. Fanar. <laughs> and <laughs> finally, Andy, it's our top team over in New Zealand, isn't it? They went on a wine tasting. <laughs> they we, did. we heard it uh, earlier this week, and of course, you were telling me, proper wine oh, connoisseurs. Yeah. They, they, like Brian Moore, they'll swill the right wine around their mouth and yeah. they'll spit it in a bucket. I wonder if uh, Saggers followed suit. Yeah. I just want to say one other thing. I never knew before today what it meant about vintage and reserve and what was a good year and they've been inspirational on wine making here now since the early 70s I'd say swallowed it I, I'm guessing he actually uh, didn't spit it out at all so there we are there's your clips of the week thanks to Thomas Crump Mark Hitchin Lee in Bradford Andy in Bournemouth David in Blackburn John in North Wales David Reader, Mark in Hebben Alex Stone and Neil Francis great to hear drunk saggers yeah. again wasn't it <laughs> Funny, uh, that Tips was great. and saggers. He was great, wasn't he? The Knit Olympics. Honestly, we've done some mad things on this show. I'd forgotten all yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, so we've never I spoken to them again, have we? Well, yeah, it obviously only happens every four years, and maybe we just missed out on 2000. I don't know. I've got no idea. The Knit Olympics. <laughs> we, missed two, we missed 2015 and 2019. We'll have to yeah, catch up with them look in 2023. Up. If you've got time, have a look for us, see if it actually happened in those the Nittle. I'm guessing they did. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. Throughout lockdown, we have been uh, keeping in touch and uh, chatting to friends of the show. That's certainly true of our uh, next guest coming up shortly, Adam Richmond. Of course, you'll know from Man vs. Food back in the day. He's been very busy uh, while all this has been going on. One of the things he's been doing, we'll play you a little bit of now. It's. Um, Biscuit reviews on YouTube. Not cookie reviews, I'm very <laughs> pleased to say, but the proper word, biscuit. biscuit. Um, and let's play you an interesting fact about the chocolate digestive. A little known fun fact about digestives. They were at the root of a dispute between legendary Beatles George Harrison and John Lennon during the recording of the Abbey Road album. Apparently Yoko Ono helped herself to George Harrison's box of McFitties. He blew up at her. Lennon blew up at him. And the rest, as they say, is history. Wow, what about that? I never knew it all came <laughs> down to biscuits. biscuits. <laughs> Good afternoon, Brilliant. Adam. Hello, and thanks for having me out again. 
Oh, it's a pleasure. So pleasure. yeah, we're just listening to a little bit of the biscuit reviews there. Where did this? Where did this idea come from? Um, so very often at supermarkets in the United States, certainly in my place in Brooklyn, they have sort of like the UK area. It's like the little end of an aisle. And they have Bisto and Branston Pickle and Marmite, things like that. And so I had taken a photo and said, UK fam, which biscuit do I buy? And got 12,000 responses. And the, <laughs> wow. the, the ensuing brouhaha that occurred in the comments led me to believe, like, people are ridiculously passionate about it. And I don't know what any of these taste like. So apropos of the comments, I said, okay, I'm going to do something where I try the, the biscuit dry, milk, Dunkin' coffee, and Dunkin' tea, and um, sort of apply the advice I had been given. And it was... It, it's been kind of amazing. I had no idea how passionate people are about about their biscuits in the UK. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, we had a t- a, one of the main channels over. It did a two-hour show, Britain's favourite biscuit, uh, with a kind of countdown from fifty. I think. I mean, we take them incredibly seriously. Um, I mean, is there is a, is there a culture of dunking the biscuit in the coffee or the tea in the states? I've seen the donuts go in, but not often the cookies, as it would be there. Very often it's cookies and milk. I think that ah. simply put, we don't have the tea tradition that you do and yeah. um, and the, the sort of reverential respect for a cuppa and a bicky. And <laughs> you hear, you know, I remember when, when Donald Trump had come over to London and someone had a sign that everyone was taking pictures of. So I went over and it said, Your Majesty, don't give Trump the good biscuits. And it was saying, <laughs> yes, give him the rich tea, but don't give him the custard creams. So naturally, I wanted to try both. And again, in the comments on that, people are like, oh, I love a Garibaldi. And then Nick Frost, the actor Nick Frost, was like, it's all about, I think it's called fruit shortbread. Or fruit oh, yeah, fruit shortbread. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, and, that's good. And the, the, the dead fly business. Oh, yeah, the Garibaldi, the dead fly biscuit, of course. Yeah, yeah. Now, last time I was in uh, New York, a long time ago, actually, I was in Harlem, and I went to this famous uh, fried chicken place, and with it was the biscuit, the American biscuit. Oh, yeah. And it was quite an odd item. I mean, it was pretty dry, really. It was, it's not, yeah, it's a, not a biscuit example. as we know it, Adam, is it? The U.S. biscuit, the southern biscuit. Oh, absolutely not. Yes, that's that's been very confusing for my American fans. American biscuits are uh, flour-based, and they're usually a little bit more on the salty and savory side. Mm. Um, They they come from the American uh, Southern, almost specifically slave tradition, and it was like shortening uh, salt, flour, and it rises ever so slightly, but it's closer to what you guys would call like a bap or a bread roll than a sweet confection. It's biscuits and gravy, I remember when I was down there, and, and, and grits, often grits you get as well, don't you? (laughs) <laughs> Just carbs and fats with a little more carbon fat on the side. Yes, that sounds about right. That sounds, that's why Americans, uh, you know, so few underwear models among us. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're also, I see, you've got a second series of a show on the History Channel. Uh, this sounds interesting, actually. The Food That Very built, built America. Tell us more about that. Uh, that's that's just a joy. You know, I, I have a new home in cable here, and they've been lovely. Um, so essentially the first series was celebrating um, the sort of great food innovators, Ray Kroc from McDonald's, um, 
uh, you know, the, the people that built these icon- Kellogg's mm. and th- these brands that sort of took America by storm. This this is the second series, and what they do this year is specifically about almost the rivalries and partnerships. So um, Oreo cookies and Hydrox cookies being in competition. Um, uh, you know, the other thing that I think is really kind of fascinating is that you realize that so many of these iconic brands, they all really did start with one or two people, and they almost all experienced profound failure. Uh, Heinz, who, of course, in the U.K., is most you know known, I guess, probably associated with the beans, mm-hmm. he had 59 failed business ventures, up to and including one where they had leveraged the furniture in his in-law's home, and, they, and it got taken away. Wow. And then he managed to rebound to become this major global entity. Um, but for me, I find it wildly inspirational. And you're never going to walk down a supermarket aisle the same way again. Yeah, interesting. Sounds stuff. good. I've mentioned before, I, I had a colleague uh, once, Adam, and uh, he uh, he had a sweet, years ago, his great-grandfather had a sweet shop in York. Uh, it must be great-great-grandfather, a sweet shop in York. And one of the other sweet shop owners said, I'm thinking of going into manufacturing. Do you want to come in with me? And he said, no, I'm, you know, I'm quite happy to uh, carry on just being a retailer. And the guy that went into business was a guy called Mr. Roundtree. And uh, oh, wow. he, did, he did rather yeah. well. So, so uh, yeah, <laughs> I think uh, the other guy would have been kicking himself. You are a bit of an it, anglophile, as we know, because um, apart from being a big Tottenham fan, and we'll come on to that in a minute, I see you've got a connection with a team in Lincolnshire, Broadly FC. Tell us more about that. Yes, um, and I am. I'm a quarter English myself. My great-granddad helps me. Oh, we lost Adam. Well, we lost Adam. We lost him there. We're getting a bit of... Uh... Well, well, he'll be back in a second. I, I, what I was going to bring up, actually, was the fact that there's been a correspondence in uh, the Daily Star. It's been going on for some time now. Oh, yeah. About... Because he was talking about baked beans there. Oh, and yeah. And there's been a lot of complaints about Heinz. I mean, I've been quite happy with them. Heinz beans. Hmm. And people have been writing in and saying, you want to try the Branston bean? That's the one. It's... Oh, you know, that's a bold so, move, isn't it? <laughs> so I ordered some through Amazon. Yeah. They came. It was about a couple of weeks to come. Through Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> well, brilliant. You can't find them. They're quite harder to find than the Heinz is more ubiquitous. I'd say. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but yeah. essentially, how passionate people are about. I mean, you know, there's sort of retired old arguments, things you know, should brown sauce or red sauce and all those things. But this was another one of those where people get very passionate about yeah. either the Heinz or the Branston. Yeah, well, Personally, we'll I haven't make... tried them yet. We'll try and come back onto that. You, you sent for him. You haven't tried him. And we got Adam back. And you were just about to tell us about this uh, connection with Broadly oh, yes. FC in Lincolnshire, Adam. Yes. So uh, a young man named Matt Newton wrote me a letter through Facebook. They were looking for someone to sponsor the tracksuit for this team. And basically, uh, Richard Broadley was a young man who played trumpet in the Grimsby Town Band and had passed away um, of the very illness that my cousin was battling. And um, it was a chance for me to sort of pay it forward because my cousin beat non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and uh, because they were donating so much to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society in Lincolnshire, I was uh, just so moved. And so it went from just sponsoring their track outfit to sponsoring their whole kit. And um, to see my production company logo on a soccer kit was just the biggest rush in the world. (laughs) Um, Brilliant. And, and, and I love the game. You know, we've talked about, I remember talking with you guys about the beauty of the weighted pass and the slide rule pass. And I just, I so that to grow it at the grassroots level or to be any, 
and play any role in that is a great, great honor. You did a, a, a kind of little session for for the NHS charities with Graham Roberts and David Howes, former Spurs players. I see last week wasn't it a kind of a Q and A session with fans who paid a small amount, all going to charity to have a chat with you guys about Spurs. Yes, um, I, first of all, the fact that like Graham even asked me was beyond flattering, and he had pass away in this particular hospital. And they were really good to his child and, and good to the family. So he wanted to pay it for. I think that, you know, this is a time when we have to sort of come together and we have to sort of get each other's backs. And, you know, uh, I think that one end of the spectrum, you have like Jeff Bezos, who's about to become a trillionaire who doesn't mm. pay taxes and he's holding on to it. And everyone else is sort of banding together. And so for me, it was hysterical because you'd have these fans asking very specific questions about certain goals, certain passes, certain games. And then they'd turn to me and go, so what do you like on a burger? (laughs) 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 I mean, they occasionally ask me questions. and I was pleased. I got to ask them questions. I got to say, well, this isn't a very tactical football question, but I said, what is your favorite kit? that you've played in Mm. because I've seen the good, the bad and the ugly and uh, from Spurs, especially. So I was like, please tell me which ones you liked and which, which you did not like. And it was very funny because everybody much like this was very opinionated. Oh yeah. People have got very strong feelings about that. So that's true. Well, Adam, it's, it's always a pleasure. It's good to talk to you. Stay safe and uh, we will catch up with you soon and we'll check out the, the biscuit reviews on YouTube. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me on. Everybody, stay safe. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Just before we look at tonight's TV in the company of Mike Ward, on this day in 1983, um, Manchester United played at Brighton and Hove Albion in the FA Cup final. It was a 2-2 draw. The replay didn't go Brighton's way, of course. But uh, there is a moment, of course, that came from that uh, Cup final. Take it away, the BBC's Peter Jones. Ball played forward to Robinson. Robinson going forward strong. He's inside the Manchester United penalty area. He finds Smith and Smith must score. And he hasn't scored. And Bailey has saved it. Yeah, and uh, of course the rest is history. Sorry, Mike. Um, but it is a, it is a, a fantastic... Yeah, I was actually... and then play him that. Thanks. Yeah, yeah thanks a lot. <laughs> I was actually going to mention it. My, my, my good friend Ian actually uh, left a message on my phone about 10 minutes ago. He said, when you're on, tell them it was exactly 37 years ago to this minute that we were 1-0 up because it was half yes. time, of course. So that's the real, you know, yeah. it's freeze time yeah. at that point. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I look, I've seen easier. It's not Ronnie Rosenthal. When you watch it back, look, it's it's okay. You know, Gary no, Bailey was not. a good keeper. It's not the easiest of. Ch- it doesn't miss a sitter. Uh, but I can understand where Peter Jones in the moment uh, got carried away. It's nothing like the sitter that was missed in the uh, England Germany uh, veterans game on Harry's Heroes last oh. night. I don't <laughs> to the end. If you haven't, just I haven't seen that yet. Several, several sitters, but there was one towards the end that would have made it uh, 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 sealed it for England, and it was uh, it was a classic miss. So uh, you've enjoyed time, it, Mike. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I did. I did enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't you enjoy an England Germany clash under any circumstances? Sure. 
I know, no, not giving the, the score away because it's a spoiler, but uh, all the papers had the score this morning, which is a bit annoying, really. But yes, basically, it went out last night. So, <laughs> I think we what have can to you do? do? It's not <laughs> live how, sport, is it? How long are we going to wait? <laughs> yeah. Catch up with it in six months' time. <laughs> anyway, what about tonight? And uh, this does sound very interesting. What's the matter with Tony Slattery? Yeah, Tony Slattery, because, you know, if you sort of uh, think back to the um, late 80s and 90s, Tony Slattery was really everywhere. I mean, there's a number of sort of people in panel games these days you think, oh, they're always on the telly. But Tony Slattery, it felt like in, you know, in the days before sort of you know multi-channel TV, he was everywhere. Obviously, most famously on uh, the improv um, panel game, whose line is it anyway? Uh, but on a number, number of other things as well. And he was, you know, he was ubiquitous. And then he disappeared off our screens, you know, almost overnight. And people wondered, you know, had he had some sort of breakdown? He had had mental health issues. And it turns out this story picks up now. He's just turned sixty, and we find out exactly what he went through. It was obviously partly due to overwork, but it was also his, you know, various issues that he'd had a predisposition, as he refer- refers to it, to mood swings, um, and 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 his way of coping wasn't great. You know, it was booze and drugs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Diagnosis of depression, but the story is about the fact that he was diagnosed with depression, but they never quite, he and his partner never quite believed that that was the full story. So now, with techniques and processes that enable you to sort of look into this stuff more deeply. Um, he's going back and finding out a little bit more about what may have caused him to be the way he was. So it's fascinating stuff. It does sound very good. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Excellent. We spoke uh, to David Nielsen yesterday, Roy Cropper, of course, in Curry, yeah. and, he, and he talked us through, uh, that. he said they had a conference call that afternoon, but they'd tentatively been chatting about how they were going to come back. Mm. And they were going to basically embrace the virus. But they had to put it in the storyline because it would have looked... Yeah. ridiculous just to have stood yeah, six foot apart all the time in the Rovers so <laughs> yes. uh, effectively the first couple of weeks was going to be oh you know we, we can't get too close and stuff like that but uh, Emmerdale are, are on their way yeah. back as well and I suppose they're going to do very similar things it sounds they? like yeah we just had a, a press release came out uh, at lunchtime say social, yeah, social distancing obviously uh, designating studios with specific film units in specific studios sanitised equipment off of, obviously people don't have to be there working from home no location filming uh, so that I guess there's no sheep or anything for a while uh, a smaller number of actors and fewer scenes so you know I think it's going to be a little bit more than just people staring down their laptops which we've seen an awful lot of but mm. uh, but what's also interesting is um, if they do obviously reflect what's going on they're still going to be filming some way behind and the story changing and the picture changing on a sort of yeah. day and day to day week they could be showing us stuff that seems dated because it's two weeks Previously, you know, like the, like the pub, you know, yeah. and, and how that's handled. So that's going to be still challenging. Mm. Even so. Are they going to still? So they're still going to shoot uh, as far in advance as they normally would. I mean, it's almost like they'd have to change all the shooting schedules. Well, really, for, it's, for that it, reason, you can't have. Oh, when can we open the wall pack if we're all in the pub? Uh, no. at some, you know, at some I, point. I think everything's going to have to be just turned around a lot quicker. Which I guess it's, yeah. they can do because they're if they are using you know far sort of more modest scenes and uh, fewer actors, then obviously it's not quite so. A challenge. It's a big challenge for the actors who, who obviously having to do th- these scenes because obviously they have to learn more lines and quite quickly as well, which is yeah. another bit that they have to deal with. Um, we've got ITV have quickly turned around uh, the Queen inside the Crown. <laughs> and they, it's virus related this tonight. It is a virus it? special. Well, it looks like a, a, I think predominantly this episode. This is the fourth and final episode of the series. I think the other three seem to have gone out weeks ago. But anyway, um, yeah, they're talking about how obviously Prince Charles got it. And there's a lot of speculation how sort of perilously close uh, the Queen 
would have uh, come to getting it. Wow. Um, ten days, I think it sounds as if ten days before he announced that he'd got it, he'd seen it. That was the last time. So getting on for a fortnight, and a lot of people were quite jittery mm. uh, for a while. But obviously, uh, panic over. Uh, honestly. This woman, Lady Glen Cowan, yeah. she's on more than Tony Slattery. She she's on every single one of these shows. She's like the Queen. So, yeah, we all are, you're the Queen's friend. You can't be much of a friend if you told you said everything there is to say about yeah. her, really. Lady, lady <laughs> in waiting to Princess Margaret. So she's, been, yeah. she's had a bit of time in her hands. Obviously. That uh, must I've have been about, a fun gig. Yes. It would have been. Well, I mean, I've seen her on stuff before. It sounded like a right oh, yeah. jolly. Mustique. She owned Mustique oh, yeah. with her husband, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and she talked about how the Queen was... Uh, sadly, she doesn't give us any illustration of this. She says she was a wonderful mimic with a particular knack for accents, and I was sort of hoping that she'd go in and... Who, the Queen? Yeah, the Queen. apparently. The oh, Queen yeah, she a does wa- a brilliant Tommy Cooper. Yeah. It's fantastic. serious? <laughs> Just yeah. like Can that? I have your cup final ticket? She does all that. She does all the routine. <laughs> she does the old ones, though, because she's not yeah. caught up, so she's still doing Brian Clough and Harold Wilson. Like, you know, she's doing... Yeah. Yeah. She dead does. Is, she's dead as Healy. And... And this is me, she says and at the end of it. Yeah, this is right. one. Yeah, that's a little bit good. I'd like to see the Queen's impressionist show. And just very quickly, Brian Moore's back. We, yep. we spoke about the interview we oh, did I with like, I loved the Kevin other one. Yeah. Keegan. Yes. This one's with Bjorn Borg back in yes. 1980. 1980, because Bjorg was uh, prepared to defend his Wimbledon title uh, again. Uh, so 1980 was when he was at his absolute peak. So this is, yeah, it's just another fascinating one. And again, he lets these guys speak so much. You, you would hardly have noticed when he did the Kevin Keegan one that he was there. It was all about... Kevin Keegan, which made it quite refreshing, and you felt like you were getting a lot of insight. So, Borg, of course, another fascinating character for all sorts of other reasons. That kind of robotic personality that you know yeah. he made famous and that got him through against McEnroe mm. and so many great games. And I know you're a big tennis fan, Andy, so I'm sure you'll be tuning yeah. into that. Well, those were great days. <laughs> they were. Yeah. And uh, I think he just doesn't like a brilliant the big... thirty for thirty on McEnroe and Connors, their relationship. That's a fascinating oh. documentary. Is it? Check that out. I think yeah. it's the big hitters of the, of the day that you're not. I mean, the, there was a touch more. I felt like it was a bit more fun with a lot of that. That's probably doing people like Novak Djokovic down a bit. Yeah, but the, I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe you felt, think, Andy, felt you preferred the days of wooden rackets and finesse. <laughs> I did. Yeah. yeah. And also, and it, uh, of course. very briefly, on the Real Marigold Hotel, Henry Blofeld talks about his very last overseas commentary and the terrible uh, error that convinced him that he yeah. had to retire. Yeah, um, he's told us about that before. He did yeah. point that he said it was just that one moment and he got something horribly wrong. And he yeah. just It's not often in a career you'd think after doing something that long, well, you make so one mistake. Blimey, if we gave up after we've made a mistake, we'd have been here for more than a couple of hours. <laughs> well, it's been exactly. lovely knowing you guys. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Channel 5 tonight, though, oh, they do like wow. to take us behind the scenes. We've got fair dodgers. We're behind the scenes at Paddington. Yeah. We're on the tube. Yeah. We're we're in the nick. We're the police behind the scenes, and then we're in the world's toughest world's prison. World's toughest prison. This is a heavy. It's a heavy five hours. Oh, if you want to just if, if your remote gets stuck on Channel Five, you've got a grueling <laughs> night ahead of you. I can tell you. <laughs> you, know, you know, and even on, on the Paddington year, the tracks, the heat has caused a points failure at Didcot. I mean, that's probably the highlight of the evening's viewing on any channel. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> really. And the world's toughest oh, prison is Tent City in Arizona, where yeah. inmates are forced to wear pink underwear and swelter in 120 degree heat as they serve time inside military style tents. I love the, I love the description in the buildings they're forced to wear pink underwear. I just thought I'm visualising them being forced well, into some pink Well some of underwear. us are forced. Some of us, some yeah. of us don't Who mind. Who needs to be forced? Yeah, yeah. yeah. of course. Exactly. That, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you tomorrow Mike. Cheers, Thank you guys. very much. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast 
from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon show. We're back tomorrow. Motti will join us. We'll have the clips of the week, a new batch for you and lots more besides. So uh, I'll let you go and answer the door, Andy. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks very much. Who was it? Do you know who it was? Just out of interest? I don't know. Moment? I'm hoping they're still going to be there. <laughs> okay, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 